You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Author's Leverage. I am so pumped to be joined with a good friend and colleague of mine where we both network together in some of the same groups and so I'm excited for you all to learn from her. Let me introduce her, her name is Melanie Hershorn and uh, to tell you a little bit about her, she wants to make your book and brand sparkle online. As a content marketing strategist for women coaches and speakers worldwide, she's on a mission to support and empower her clients to create clear messaging and content that shines a light on their individual experience, skill set, and their books. And with her unique combination of entrepreneurship, award-winning journalism, and PR experience, Melanie guides her clients to attract and nurture leads and position themselves as industry experts. She also loves to provide content marketing tips on her podcast, VIP Access, and in her Facebook group, Sparkles and Strategy. Welcome, Melanie, to the Author's Leverage. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much, Parchel. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this space. I mean, I know that you have a background in PR and you've done a lot with print radio, right? Even being a TV journalist, right? So how does all of this sort of come full circle into what you're doing with clients today? Well, you know, after I was laid off from my radio job when I was five months pregnant, I was kind of at a crossroads and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make breastfeeding clothing. And <laughs> which is not a natural progression at all for people, but, <laughs> but that's where I went. So that taught me everything I needed to know about being an entrepreneur. It was truly the school of hard knocks 10 times over. And while I was going through that, I picked up a, a person who was supposed to help me with my content marketing, my social media management and all that fun stuff. And it was a pretty volatile relationship because she was very emotionally abusive. And she took my money and helped me grow an Instagram following of people who were never going to buy my stuff and taught me so much at the same time. I learned so much from her about what to do, what not to do, and and most importantly, how not to treat people in business. And when I closed that business for a very, very number of reasons, um, including I was almost out of money um, from paying her, uh, <laughs> I decided, you know, what can I do with this? What can I do with all my experience? How can I turn this frown upside down and support people instead of tearing them down. And I thought, well, you know, I can help women business owners 
with their content marketing. That is something I know I've done it for myself and I know how to help other people do it. So that is where I, that's where I started. And then working specifically with authors, the authors started coming to me. I have a, a dear friend who decided she's going to become a children's book author. She has a whole series and everything. And she called me up one day and she said, Hey Mel, so I'm writing a children's book series. You're the only person I know that does marketing. So can I hire you? And I was like, <laughs> okay, what are we doing? <laughs> and it kind of evolved from there. And I, and it, and then another author, actually a book coach called me and said, Hey, I have an author who really needs content marketing. Can you help her? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I thought, okay, universe, I hear you. I see you. You want me to help authors. I want to help authors. And now here we are. Wow. I love that. I love that. Especially considering that you had someone who was helping you with marketing and content that didn't do a good job. Right. And you said that you learned a lot. What are the biggest things that you picked up and learned from that experience that, you know, fuels what you're doing now? I learned that people are going to perform much better when you support them than when you tear them down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I probably knew that already though. Um, I, I learned to trust myself and my intuition and my instincts more than I ever did before. Uh, I learned that the number of Instagram followers you have does not matter as much as the quality. And that can be translated across all platforms and your emails you know you can have 50 amazing email subscribers who hang off your every word and then you can have 5,000 who don't even open your emails which is the more valuable list hmm. good question <laughs> the one who's engaged right the the list exactly. is actually yeah exactly exactly the one that's engaged so it's not you know you hear people say it's a numbers game sure but you have to be strategic about it and you know if, if i might add one thing engagement is a word that gets thrown around it's a buzzword but it's very important to create a relationship with people on social media and with your email subscribers and that's what engagement really is so you know, you could have 5 million people following you, following you on Instagram. If three people like your picture and nobody comments, that's not engagement. And people get hung up on the number of who's following me. But if you go deeper, that's not as important as it is, is having, creating these relationships. I mean, you know, you're creating relationships with authors all the time so that you can leverage their book to make amazing programs. And they're not gonna hire you to do that if they don't know who you are and they don't know anything about you. You can say, oh, hey, I'm Parshel and I do this, but they're gonna be like, okay, but, <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, why should I right? So that's that that miss that's often that piece that's often missing. Mm, yeah, like the seeing it as more of a relationship that's being built online versus you just plastering stuff up for the sake of doing it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That throwing that proverbial spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, you know, I had this client and she she hired me. Um, around, I guess a little while ago. And she was 
posting on LinkedIn all the time. She wasn't doing it. She was paying somebody to post for her. And so I said, all right, let's take a look at what you've got here. So we're scrolling all these posts. And I was like, these don't sound like you. These are so generic. Anyone could have written them. They couldn't be more generic if they tried. And, you know, it's no wonder she was getting like one like on a post Mm. Mm. because it wasn't serving anybody. And that's what we do, right? That's what you do. That's what I do. That's what everybody listening does. We serve our clients. Yeah. And that you bring up a really interesting challenge because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are creating content or putting things online, they have the option of, you know, outsourcing it right to someone who's going to do sort of these generic posts. I mean, you can get on Fiverr and get someone to make stuff up for you and post to your, to your pages. Um, but most entrepreneurs who go that route are often disappointed, like from what you just, you just described. So how, how should a entrepreneur navigate that? Right. Cause on one hand, maybe they don't want to be super involved and have their hands all in the social media. And on the other hand, uh, they do want their voice and what they do to be represented well. So what's, how, how should they navigate that path knowing that, you know, they may not want to do all of it. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like when I work with people, it's not so that they can be beholden to me forever. I work with them for six months and then like, I want you to fly out of the nest. Um, and so often what I will do is I'll work with their social media manager. Because it's just like you said, a social media manager is really good at taking directions and taking your, you know, what you tell them to do, repurposing your content and just posting it. Right. But they're not going to sit there and come up with a strategy. And that's where someone like me comes in. A content marketing strategist is somebody that looks at your book. We look at your brand overall. We see how we can pull amazing content out of your book and spin it into amazing things that can that your social media manager can then put out online for you. And once you've worked with a content strategist, yes, you can keep working with them. But, you know, I love to say, here's your 60 plus content topics. Have fun, you know, have your social media person take it over and and let them let them go with it. Mm, that's really powerful. And And in particular, you know, this, this podcast and those that you and I work with are authors, right? So this isn't content strategy for just a a regular business per se, but utilizing a book, what is your unique approach to the content that you're creating or, you know, advising that your clients create since they specifically have a book? How does that look? Okay. So your book is your baby, right? When you write a book, it's your baby. It takes like a lot of time. You've birthed this book. And then a lot of times people are like, okay, well, that was fun. Now somebody buy it. Okay. I'm going to go be over here on the beach. And you know, that's not how it works, right? People need to actually know about your book. So what I do is I help you go through, first of all, I read the book because that's, you know, that I have knowledge, knowledge is Mm -hmm. power. And so then I help you take all the important points out of the book and repurpose them into topics that can be in your social media, in your email marketing, on your blog. You know, if you have a podcast, we can repurpose your book into a podcast. So it's really about taking what you've done 
and you know, I, I want to almost say like taking straw, spinning straw into gold in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned the word repurpose, which is really powerful, especially since most of the content, most of the, or I should say the source of the content is already in the book. We're just repurposing it. So does that mean that there's potentially less work that has to be done? Or is it the same amount of work as if they didn't have a book? I think it is a different kind of work. Hmm. So, but, but it's work at the beginning, but then it can pay off later. So if you didn't have a book to start, then you'd be starting from scratch going, okay, what do I want to talk about? Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. are the things I talk about? I haven't written down anything that I talk about. But if you have a book, you've got it all there already, right? That's your calling card. That's, you know, I'm a content marketing strategist and I wrote the book on it kind of thing. So it's work in that you're going to be changing things to suit wherever you're disseminating it. So you're not going to literally take a paragraph out of your book and just plop it on Instagram, press uh, <laughs> post and walk away like that. It won't work. It, you know, writing a book, the way a book is written, it's very different than, than marketing writing. Um, because if I, you know, I could pick up any book and start reading you a paragraph and you'd be like, I don't want to read that on Instagram. That's boring. But if you took that same idea from the paragraph, changed a few words and made it exciting, then that would be a great post. So ultimately it's, it's still work, but you're not having to draw from the beginning. It's more about polishing it afterward. Oh, that's a great way of putting that. And then as they're polishing it, there's a ton of different types of content that can be produced. So how do you work with the author to, I guess, just, you know, to distinguish the best types of content that you can do? Because there's audio, there's images, there's written, there's video, like all of these different ways that are, are available. So, yeah, what do you how do you help them navigate that to know what's going to be the most effective and um, also the easiest for them to produce, let's say. Okay. So the first thing we do is figure out where their ideal client is hanging out online. Because if you are not trying to get a 16 year old to read your book, you do not need to be dancing on TikTok. So (laughs) put that out there right now. Um, And, you know, maybe your ideal client is not dancing and pointing on reels. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. like that. So where are they? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it just gets repetitive after you're just like, okay, everybody's yeah. doing So if they're not hanging out somewhere, you don't need to be there too. So but the way I like to work with people is to, I have a six month program where we build on everything. So we start with your messaging and then we move into social media. And then we move into email marketing and then we, and you know, and we keep building and video and podcast guesting and all that stuff. So that by the end, you have a really great plan for what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be taking what you've written in your book and making everybody excited about your book and your brand as a whole. And one other thing I want to mention is the lead magnet, because a lot of times 
You know, you might be working with a book coach or a book publisher who says, okay, now put a lead magnet in your book and use a QR code and all that stuff. And sometimes that can be complicated and confusing. But having a lead magnet is a great way to grow your email list. And as we know from, you know, when when uh, the 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 day the music died which is actually not the day the music died that was actually a really bad day the day that instagram and facebook went went down oh yeah 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 <laughs> that was not really the day the music died but um <laughs> so that day when instagram and facebook went down and everyone everybody was like oh, what do i do well all of those of us who had email lists sent out emails and said see this mm-hmm. is why so Continuing to build that email list through lead magnets is uh, something that I also champion very much. Yeah, I love that. All right, it's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program, but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. If that's you, I want to invite you to schedule a free half-hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. Uh, Speaking of the lead magnet, you know, a lot of the content that... Uh, is put out there, you know, I think sometimes people can feel a little eerie about the call to action, right? And when it's appropriate to include that in your content. So can you talk a little bit about that and any advice you would have around how to make sure that it's effective because there should be some call to action, right? Oh, absolutely. How much time do I have? No, I'm just kidding. I could talk about this for the next six hours. So (laughs) a call to action it's one of those marketing terms that can people that can turn people off and make them go, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to ignore it. Because a lot of times that's what people say. I don't know what it is, so I'm going to ignore it. But this is one of those things that whether you call it a call to action or you call it the last sentence of my email, I don't care what you call it. It's leading somebody to the next thing. And we as humans love to be led. And we need to be told what to do, because if we aren't told what to do, we're not going to do it. And you don't have to feel bad about it. There doesn't have to be any judgment around it. You don't have to feel like you're, you know, mothering somebody or, or you're parenting them or you're telling them what to do. No, 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 no. You're just taking them to the next thing. You're showing them the next place that they can learn more, that they can get more value, that they can learn how to work with you. And the reason to do it is, I'm gonna give you a scenario. So you're, it's six o'clock in the morning, your alarm goes off, you, first thing you do, I know first thing I do is, is grab my phone and check what emails came in overnight. That is if my son hasn't jumped on top of me already to grab my phone <laughs> video games. Uh, so I'm scrolling emails and I, oh, this is a cool email. I want to see it. So I start reading the email and this email has some great value. And then at the end, that's it. It just ends. What am I going to do? Am I going to go feverishly to find how to reach this person or go onto their website? No, I'm going to delete it and go onto the next email. 
But if there is a call to action that says, if you like this, listen to my podcast or, you know, want to learn more about this great tip for how to turn your book into a program, click here to talk with Parshel right now. You know, that kind of thing. I'm going to go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, you know, sometimes it's, it can be as simple as, you know, I'm very active in my Facebook group. Become, you know, come join us here. Whatever it is, the whole point is so that you don't lose people because they're going to just, they're going to go. We have these, what, goldfish brains where we have like <laughs> three seconds, if that, of attention span. And I know when I have a seven-year-old jumping on me, I'm not going to remember what I read in the email. So that's what it is. And that's why you want to have a call to action in everything that you do. And so often people think that a call to action means buy this right now, but it's not. Hmm. It's just a way to lead them to the next thing. Most of my calls to action are drop a comment below if this resonates with you or drop an emoji or DM me. Or if it's in an email, it's, you know, click the link to grab a call with me or, you know, listen to the podcast episode, whatever it is, but you're leading people to the next thing. Okay. I think I, I've beaten that thing <laughs> now. So. No, I love that because it's really important to distinguish the, I think it's just like the, the, the energy and the intention behind it, right? If you feel like you're being salesy and sleazy and you feel forced to put this sort of, you know, buy now type of message in there it's of course it's not going to work but you know in good faith if we're here to help people right then i want to make it easy for you to get your help so here's a link to get the next step it's not asking you to buy it's no you know it's just a simple addition to the message and i mean you know this happened actually earlier to today i was or i guess it was yesterday these days all blend together <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was on a sales call and i knew that I could help this woman. And she was giving me every objection, uh, every objection. And I said, well, you know what? Whether you and I work together or not, I I want you to know that you can do this and do this. You know, here's a suggestion and here's a suggestion. And she emailed me today, thank you so much. We can't work together at this time. But you know what? She's gonna get an email from me later today that's automatic. And it's going to say, thank you so much for the call. I want to make sure that we're connected in all these places. So she can join my uh, Facebook group. She can follow me on, on wherever and listen to my podcast. And so even though she chose not to work with me right now, I still am sending her an email leading her to the next thing. Because maybe... In six months from now, when she's exactly where she was now and nothing has changed, she's going to say, okay, I'm ready to do something. And I want you to remember that not everybody's going to buy right now, but the whole point of this marketing thing is so that they find out about you and whether they buy today or a year from now, they're not going to know about you if you don't do any marketing, right? <laughs> that's huge it's it's simple right but it's also i guess you know a lot for people to process sometimes and that's why working with someone like yourself you can help to simplify it and give them a plan that uh, is easy to stick to 
Yeah, and I, I mean, we marketing types, it's it's confusing sometimes, right? And there's that whole like bro marketing where people are like in your face and trying mm. to get you to do things and that scares me. Mm. Like, I don't like that. I much prefer an energy where it's like, I'm here for you to, and I'm here to support you when you're ready. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And, and speaking of, I know that, um, you know, one of the biggest hangups that I think all of us hit sometimes is around the consistency of our content and staying on top of that. Right. So because something you mentioned earlier made me uh, definitely think about that in terms of that's one of the things that can get us stuck is like the consistency. And then when you get off of the consistency, now you feel horrible that you got off track and then you're like. It's just like this this vicious cycle sometimes, I think. So can you speak to that and how. Uh, in ways that are makes it simpler to stay consistent with your content. Yeah, absolutely. So I love to, to refer to that as the granny panties aspect of content marketing because it's not sexy, but it's going to get you the results. <laughs> so, so that is what, that's what it takes. It takes being consistent. And if you forget to do something or life gets in the way, you get sick, something happens to something. You know what? That's okay. It's okay. But the one thing that you can do is start again today. Hmm. And you don't have to, there's always so much judgment on ourselves. You know, we should all over ourselves. You don't have to should on yourself. It's okay. If your if your email subscribers haven't heard from you in three weeks, that's okay. Send them an email. They'll be happy to hear from you. And you don't have to give your whole life story either. You can just say, I'm back. Or you cannot say anything at all and just act like you meant to not email them for three weeks. Nobody cares. They're just happy if you give them value. We get so in our, we get, just like you said, stuck in our ways, stuck in our minds. And, you know, there are times that I'm on somebody's Instagram page and I realize they haven't posted in a month. Doesn't mean I don't like all the things they posted before. Doesn't mean I wouldn't still DM them. So to, to answer your question, though, about how to do it, well, you have to be a little strict with yourself, whether it's creating a content calendar or simply just putting reminders in your phone. Hey, it's Monday. Monday's the day I post a really cool quote or whatever, but you got to do it. Um, you know, some people have other people doing their marketing, which can, as we discussed, mm-hmm. lead to other issues. If <laughs> but if you're the one in charge of doing it, look, I do my own marketing. I'm, you know, we just, we do the best that we can. And as long as you're providing value, that's going to be the differentiator for you. That and staying consistent. Those are going to be your differentiators. Yeah, that's huge. And it's very, very helpful. So anyone who's been struggling with that and been stuck in your head about, uh, you know, it's been another week and I haven't done what I need to do start today, start tomorrow, like just get back on it and commit to it again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. And, and what are some ways also, I, I try to think of ways that make it simple to be consistent. Like for me, doing this podcast is an effort in that direction because, you know, someone's showing up 
<laughs> you know, I'm going to be there and we'll co-create content together. Like that's how I see um, these types of, you know, events and opportunities that, that, I, that we create. And I specifically create it for that reason. So that way on social media, there's something consistent and, and all of that. So uh, what are some other, like podcasting is, is one of those, right? Something that you can do ongoing that, you know, isn't as intensive and it, in a way kind of has its accountabilities in place, right? To keep you active. So uh, are there any other uh, vehicles that are best utilized to help you create content and easily stay more consistent with it? All right, well, here's a good one. If you're gonna launch a program or a new service or something, you're gonna want at least six to eight weeks of marketing for that thing before it and then at least another week while it, the cart is open, right? So there's like two months plus of consistent marketing that you will have created right there. So that's one thing. And I love your podcast suggestion. Another thing that you can do is what uh, marketing people call batching and banking. So if you take one day a month, and you say, all right, I'm gonna write four blog posts, repurpose those into social media for the entire month. And then I'm also gonna use that as a script for my Facebook Live that I do every Friday, for example. There's your month's hmm. worth of content right hmm. there. You did it in one day. That's powerful. And I, I'm glad you brought that up too. I was going to mention batching as well, because it actually helps you to also plan ahead. So that way, you know, that concern of consistency, you know, starts to go away because you've already planned it out for the, for the, the month, the quarter, even the year maybe. And you're just staying on top of feeding that bank and feeding um, sort of this library of stuff that gets put out there. That's right. And if you're stuck, like where to start, I mean, take out your book, you wrote something great. Just that's true. Pick something. I mean, anything. <laughs> it's all great stuff. You wrote it. <laughs> that is such a good point. It's like, start with what you have. It's already there. Um, and use that to spark off. The, that's such a good point too. If I, you know, I'm thinking sometimes too, just from the perspective of, okay, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you got to find your content, but hell, if you're an author, come on, like, <laughs> you got this, open up your book and relive some of the things that you put there and put another spin on it, like reference it, quote it, you know, make yeah. a video about it. Like, there, you're right, there's so much you can do just from opening the book. And so in that case, do you find then that authors have the ability to really plan out that much more ahead because of the fact that it's already written? I think you definitely can plan more because it already does exist. Um, a lot of people get caught up in their book launch and, and they just focus so heavily on that that they don't plan for what happens after the book launch. The book, I mean, the book doesn't fall off a cliff. It still exists after. So, but yes, you can plan. I mean, you can take all the things and just keep redoing it and reuse, rinse and repeat. That, that is the beauty of marketing because, you know, I remember um, I used to think that if I posted something on Facebook and I, I couldn't post it on Instagram because if I posted it on Instagram, what if somebody saw it on Facebook? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> That's okay to do because all you're doing is reinforcing your messaging. And chances are you don't have somebody following you on every single platform. So... 
even if you repost a caption that you posted three months ago, it's okay. Do it again. It's just going to reinforce your messaging and find and help you get new people into your audience. That's so huge. That's big. And you know, audience building is, is great. Like you mentioned about emails, like you're, you're solid if you have a, a email list as an author, right. And an audience that, you know, is there and, and you can create the attention necessary to get them to that next step. Absolutely. So I'm so loving this conversation, by the way, I wish we could go longer, but I want to be sensitive to time and for our listeners. So a couple more questions for you. Uh, One being, let's say that an author, um, trying to think of a couple scenarios here. Let's say an author has a book, it's been published, it's already out, and they're looking to ramp up their social media, right, and repurpose that content. Um, the other scenario would be an author who's getting ready to publish. Maybe their book isn't live yet um, or launched yet. How do you, I guess in both of those scenarios, how do you advise that they look at, you know, promoting and get the most out of, you know, sharing and promoting their book with their content? Well, I have clients in both categories and the, the basics are the same. We take the book and we leverage it whether the book is written or it's just partially written down, it's fine because it's still your ideas. And the way that you want to utilize it to market your book and your brand is to not take pictures of you holding up your book. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's not content marketing. So whether the book is published or not, the, the words are what count, right? And so those still exist. Sometimes they're in a blog that you're gonna then repurpose into your book. Sometimes they're in an email that you wrote to a, a client. Wherever all that information is, it exists in your head. And so it's easy for us to take that and put it into your social media. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Um, what does the author's leverage mean to you when you hear that, that term, that phrase? Well, okay. A a few things. So thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) so the author's leverage to me means that you're a cut above. You wrote a book. Not everybody does that. Most people talk about doing it and they don't necessarily actually do it. So you have leverage because you've already written the book and potentially published it. So you're, you're doing better than the rest of us. But also how you leverage that book to grow your audience, to uh, sell books, to fill your programs, to speak on stages, to take over the world. So to me, it's twofold. Mm. No pun intended. no i love that that's that's really powerful um the way that you you stated that it really is an opportunity right to to leverage what you've already done and i often tell people uh and authors that the fact that you have a book you know and and if it's done well your idea is already validated you know and that's another big advantage that i see as well and if it's validated you know, if it's uh, positioned well in, in, in the messaging and how it stands out online, 
it'll keep working for you. The same exact information uh, will still work for you. So I, I, I love that that concept about it as well. I totally agree. And, you know, a lot of times people think if you build it, they will come or whatever from, you know, Field of Dreams. And that's just not true. You know, you don't want to be the best kept secret. You don't want your book to be hidden. People deserve to know about it. Yes, absolutely. So tell us, uh, as we're wrapping up here, Melanie, thanks so much. This has been so cool hanging out with you. Tell us, uh, as we're wrapping up, how people can, can connect with you and learn more about what you're up to. Um, I know that you have a free content calendar that you offer for authors. So talk a little bit about what you uh, have in terms of these goodies for the people who are listening in today. Of course, of course. So in order to plan your content, you it's helpful to have a content calendar. So you can grab a free one. It's at vipdigital.live slash content calendar. And it's there, it's yours. You can print it out. It's got national holidays on there. It's got national days like national selfie day and all those things that are cutesy and fun that you can sort of make timely and, and, and weave into your marketing. And I am pretty much on all the social media platforms and I'm always online and always available to chat because I could talk about marketing all day long. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the links to, uh, you know, where people can connect with you will be in the show notes. So I invite you guys to check that out so you can connect with Melanie. But uh, such a good conversation. I, I learned a lot. Um, got some really great perspective. And I love you. You're very... Um, how do I say, like a colorful teacher, just the way that you explain things. It's like you can see it, you know, your analogies and how you make it simple is, is awesome. So I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that our listeners got a taste of that today. Thank you. That is so sweet, Rochelle. I appreciate that. And I appreciate being here today so much. Yay. So thanks for joining. This has been another episode of The Author's Leverage. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. Check out more resources. Visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.